This is Too Much Movie Night. Join your hilarious host, Brian. Hermione stole all our shit. JJ. I was raised in a house of women! And Alyssa. What birthday cake? Follow along as we dissect, debate, and dish out cinematic hilarity that'll leave you rolling in the aisles. So buckle up, grab your popcorn, and get ready for a movie podcast packed with laughs, entertainment, and maybe a few bad jokes. This is Too Much Movie Night. Welcome in everyone. This is the Too Much Crew coming at you for This is the End, the world ending comedy. Uh, you got your little ones, cover their ears, kick them out of the room because this is the end. Alyssa, JJ, how y'all doing today? Right now. I'm ready. Life is great. <laughs> there we go, Tony the Tiger. That's right. I'm a little nervous, to be honest, because I'm having to contain myself from just laughing and quoting the entire movie in order, because that's not mm -hmm. fun to listen to, you know, it's mm -hmm. all we're here for, but damn, is this a movie for that? <laughs> yeah, this has the potential to be one of our worst episodes yet, because if I'm <laughs> just going to be crying laughing the entire time as we are struggling to get the quotes out of this movie. So yes. folks at home, we will contain ourselves as best we can. We had a five-minute ramp prior to the record button going just to get all our quotes out, but I'm sure we, uh, we'll still mess that up. But this is a 2013 comedy. This is kind of the um, last big hoorah, if you will, for this whole um, troop of comedians. This was my generation's uh, you know, comedic troupe. And mm -hmm. I, guys, this was, this was a college staple for the three of us. Um, we're... Uh, Alyssa, where were you the first time you saw this movie? Oh, my gosh. Well, JJ, do you remember when we had that little um, canvas or container that goes on the wall and it holds all of our movie tickets? Yeah. Okay. We looked at it today because I was like, we need to go through and see what movies we've covered in the podcast that we've actually gone back. And that collection starts back in 2012, I think was the earliest one that we found. Unfortunately, we didn't find this is the end <laughs> in that collection. But I was like, I know that we saw this movie in theaters. And this is, I can't remember the first time I've seen it because I've seen this movie so many times. And I kind of hit a pause in the past couple years on watching movies. Didn't have as much time. Kind of dove into binging series that I never got to watch because I didn't want to wait. And so coming back to this, I don't know, brought me back in my heart. I don't feel as old as I am today. I feel like I'm 10 years ago, back in college. <laughs> Which, I'm, this reminds me of a pregame movie. So that oh, can totally lead was. to mixed oh, emotions. Yeah. <laughs> well, JJ, give us, uh, give us your spin. What was your first memories of this movie? I mean, I can't, I can't remember if I went and saw it in theaters or not. My earliest memory of it or at least my most pronounced memory of it is uh at y'all's house on the projector in the yellow house. was a staple yeah in the yellow house like <laughs> but i just remember it like your couch your projector me not sober every single time 
a shout. Oh man. I was just gonna say, so for everybody at home, if uh, you haven't seen this, is the end. This is a into uh, the world comedy starring James Franco, Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Craig, Keg, oh my gosh, Craig Robinson. We have Michael Sarah, Mindy Kaling, Emma Watson, Rihanna was in this. This was a star-studded cast, and this was just them being who they are, but at the end of the world. And I think that's what caught me off guard with this movie is I, I didn't quite understand like wait they are just each other and they're playing this these characters that we you know we see them as like Jonah Hill I kind of see him as that like overly nice to your face but secretly he's an asshole douche you know like I don't know that's just the persona right like how that. how many of these little snide comments and underlying little little tiny digs at character is about them Right, because mm -hmm. now they've done interviews and we know a little bit more, we know the answer to that. But when you're watching this, you're like, is is this really who they are? Is is the Illuminati real? I mean, it could pull you down that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, minus minus some like, you know, probably inside jokes or whatever. I I really do think that there are several times where it's like, I'm gonna pick on, you know james franco for his insecurities that i know he has hmm. and it's and gonna be funny as shit but now that he has his netflix series out right with he and his therapist or that that's just that episode you're like oh wow this really affected him like he's been open about being insecure in public i haven't watched that i didn't know yeah jonah oh. hill does a uh, essentially a live counseling session it does a netflix documentary about it it's a little weird Wait, is that all in black and white? The cover is, I know. Pieces of it are. Okay. But I think the better half was watching it, and I, like, glanced at it. Yeah, so this definitely became a staple for us in college. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, as amazing as a comedy of this is, it's not that amazing, but it's wild how it came out of 2013. I don't know if y'all remember what else came out in 2013. We had Were the Millers, which was an epic comedy. The Heat, oh, yeah. the Melissa McCarthy one, was great. Uh, the Internship <sighs> came out of this. Uh, 21 and Over, which, you know, just more of those party movies, not necessarily great. Identity Thief with Bateman what came out. There were so many hard-hitting comedies great year for movies absolutely and i think it might have been one of the the last because i think this was one of the last movie i feel like cancel culture really started right about this time twitter really started peaking at this point with just taking people down so i don't think you see as many comedies take as many shots as these guys did granted a lot of this it, it can't be redone today you know but they took the shots and it freaking nailed it i loved it loved this movie <laughs> there are definitely scenes that take it so far or too far and you're like okay nah. but then nah, you're like ah, that's why i like it a... because you just i don't think it. so lean in <laughs> oh man we already lean into this trailer so we can get talking about this movie do let's do it yeah sad <laughs> <laughs> i have the best week could ever play james franco's having a giant party <laughs> yes Oh my god, if I don't fuck Michael Sarah tonight, I'm gonna blow my brains out. What's up, Rihanna? What? Fucking pale, 110 pounds, hairless, probably has a huge cock. Don't fucking touch my bumper, yeah, bitch. Oh, a weird face. So hot. Oh, what did you just fucking blow on me? Don't worry, it's just heroin. Are you shitting me? No, I'm just kidding, it's cocaine. But that's still very bad. 
fuck? Come on, get the hell! It's too late for you. You're already in the hole. Damn it! Get the fuck off of me, Aziz! Sheriff's office is urging people to stay in their homes right now. Siegel's dead. Krumholz is dead. Michael Sarah's dead. In the bed? It's already going crazy out there, guys. I'm not leaving, okay? I'm a victim. When I was a kid, I had man titties. The bullies held me down. They titty fucked me. We are actors. We pretend to be hard, man. Yeah. We solved this baby shit. Helicopter. It's gonna be fine. Woo! Oh, you okay? No, I'm not okay! Fuck your house, Franco! What's your want, son? We should just stay in here, fortify this bitch, and take inventory of all the food and shit we have. We got 12 bottles of water, 56 beers, half ounce sour diesel, one ounce of shrooms, CT crunch, a Milky Way. Can I have that Milky Way? No, you can't have the Milky Way. It's my special food. I like it. I want some of the Milky Way. I'd be pretty bummed if I don't at least get a bite of the Milky Way. What you want, son? This is my king. This is my king. Get out of the way. What you want, honey? What the hell? Emma Watson showed up. Give me everything you have to drink! There are six of us, you cannot rob us! I'm not fucking around! Oh, Look at the drinks! Hermione just stole all of our shit. Please, you gotta let me in! Things have gone crazy out here! I'm sorry, we just don't know you, man. You could be like a looter or a rapist or a titty fucker. I'm not a rapist! You wanna titty fuck us? If you want me to titty fuck you, I will! So good! Oh, you love it! There's something out here! Jay Baruchel arrives in Los Angeles to visit an old friend and fellow Canadian actor, Seth Rogen, who invites him to a housewarming party hosted by James Franco. Jay is uncomfortable with the crowded party, so Seth takes him to a convenience store for cigarettes. When beams of blue light suddenly come down and suck numerous people out of the sky, Seth and Jay flee back to James's house to find the party unharmed. An earthquake strikes and the crowd rushes outside, witnessing a sinkhole opening up in James's yard. Several celebrities and partygoers are killed as Seth, Jay, James, Jonah Hill, and Craig Robinson run back inside and discover on the news that the earthquake has destroyed most of Los Angeles. The remaining partygoers take inventory of their supplies, set up a ration system, board up the house, and await help. Well, I feel like this movie starts off straight up the way that you should be welcomed into California, right? Immediately walking off the plane, you're going to get burgers. Personally, I would have said in and out. I'm kind of surprised that they mm. didn't. But uh, they'll give it to Carl's Jr. In I Virginia, they say, call that Hardee's. Yeah, it is Hardee's out here. I will say, let's say the first place yeah. you took me when we landed in Oakland, the first time you took me to California, was Carl's Jr. So uh, I can oh. completely relate to this. I actually thought this was like a thing. I was like, okay, these people are like crazy about their freaking knockoff Hardee's. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, that's what I felt about Hardee's when I came here. <laughs> Knockoffs, Carl Jr. Yeah. Because, <laughs> see, I, I always picture both of them as knockoff Jack in the Box. Oh, nobody likes ah. that. Get that out of here. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, never really ate it. <laughs> I, love, I love, too, like, Seth is like, I, I can't have that stuff, you know? And he's like, what are you... 
are you not smoking, not drinking? He's like, no, I said I'm going on a cleanse. I'm not psychotic. But then very easily persuade. Next scene is them (laughs) down in the burgers. (laughs) And yeah, I just, I love how this scene started. One, being from California, I just thought like that was pretty great because I've flown in a lot of times and we immediately, like we usually pick up in and out on the drive home because it's such a long drive. But then you get there and he spelled his name in J's. And how sentimental, how sweet is that? You know, I always wondered why, I, I never quite understood why Jay Baruchel was the main character in this. Like Seth Rogen completely made sense to me. But Jay, like I knew him from, um, she's out of my league. Or she's out of his league. But like that's all I've really known him from outside of that. Like maybe How to Train Your Dragon. So the fact that he was coming in as a lead, I don't know. He's so unlikable in this movie. I I think they want you to feel that way, don't they? Just like he's kind of resistant to like Seth and L.A. and just the new lifestyle. Like he's bitter and you can just tell him maybe he has a chip on his shoulder, but he kind of covers it. And ah, it's not my it's not my thing. I mean, it's I, I think it was pretty perfect because he is relatively unknown. I mean, he has How to Train Your Dragon. He has... Uh, he was so good, a million dollar baby. I see. I don't remember that. Was he in that? Like, yeah, actually he, was one, in that? he was in the boxing gym. He was like that little skinny weirdo. I mean, he's a skinny weirdo and everything, but you know. yeah. But like, I I I remember him mainly from the goon with uh, oh the dude that oh. plays Stifler. Yeah, yeah, Sean William Scott. Yeah, like that's really my most memorable movie and that's not a well-known movie all around like Mm-mm. i really didn't so, remember he was in that i mean he really doesn't have that big of a name i don't think in hollywood so having him play who he is like really kind of like worked out i think that's which, what they were going for which kind of yeah. it nails this character or the character of him so well you know, he yeah. hates L.A., hates mainstream things. Well, it's because he didn't make it. Seth Rogen did. Seth Rogen's moved on, found famous friends. And, you know, he, they show up to the party and he's like, Johnny! And just completely gets his freaking <laughs> yeah. name wrong, you know? He doesn't even know my name. <laughs> they walk in, Johnny. <laughs> it's Jay. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, Alyssa, you brought right up the, the, the Jay smoking, you know, them shooting the shit, hanging out. JJ, I feel like this is very much reminiscent when you and I get to hang out. You know, we get to hang out, we embrace, we have a meal, usually something not healthy. We go and partake in, you know, what have you. And we sit there and we play video games and we mess around. We're now in our early <laughs> 30s, approaching that mid-30s. At what point do we do we stop these, these childish games? Do, do we get to I, just continue this forever? I don't think we do because, I mean, the majority... Our friendship is like real heavy around college and the college lifestyle. Because that's having met that's where we play into that. (laughs) That's where we met. That's what we do. So I mean, like now, granted, I don't think like whenever we're, I could be wrong. One hundred percent could be wrong on this, but like when we're like you know, in our forties and shit like that, fifties, like are we still gonna like? you know, partake in certain activities, maybe, maybe not. Like, 
I think it's yeah. a kid's thing. Age is just I, a number. I feel like once well, you I'm just kids, saying, like, you have to am I going to wheel out, like, are, are we going to hammer down a 12-pack and then, you know, like, <laughs> oh, got to go to dialysis in the morning because <laughs> Brian's coming to town kind of deal. Or I wouldn't put it past us. No, but you might whip out the Gandy, the Gandalf pipe, possibly. I mean, the Gandalf Hello, hobbit. <laughs> Oh, that'll happen for sure. But. I just I just have to throw out there for the listeners. We're not just a bunch of, um, like, alcoholics. Degenerates. Yeah. JJ and I, most of our conversations are about lawn care, you know, being new homeowners. And how do you deal with that in this time of year? All the freaking leaves that are falling every day. Also, sending things about Harry Potter that you see on the internet. That's funny. So I think that our friendship is a little bit more than just that. But it definitely started in the trenches, man. And look at how far we have come. Right? Our Friday nights look a lot differently. When we were watching this for a pregame, we won't even start the movie at this time of night now because you know you're not going to make it through. (laughs) You're going to go to bed. You're making it sound like we're in our early 40s, not early 30s. (laughs) I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but you go to bed in the single-digit hours. So... Oh, so no. I think what something that's funny is too. We'll see this recurring theme is how many things that don't hold up in this movie. A lot of this movie does, but the 3D television was that not the early 20 teens? <laughs> Those oh. went out the window real quick. Yeah, they did. But I still really want a 3D television or something capable of that because I think Avatar it's is so, cool. so badass. I whenever knew you were going to say that. The only movie that they made in 3D. <laughs> Yes. Oh my god. So, so let's get cool. to this party scene. Uh, I wanted more of this party scene. The amount of faces you saw: uh, Jason Siegel, Kevin Hart, Rihanna, Michael, Sarah, Kim, uh, Mindy Kaling. Like I wanted twenty more minutes of like this movie came in what uh, hour forty seven. Give me another thirteen minutes of the party. Where were we all? Did that could have been a party? whole movie, to be honest. Yeah, like. I mean, think about all of the, like, early 2000s, like, teenage movies that came out. Like, the high school, uh, not another teen movie, shit like that. You know, there's always the big party. And that is a good, big, long section of the scene. I think that we could have made that last a lot longer than it did. But did they want to pay everybody that much? Well, I saw a lot of the cast took pay cuts to make this happen. Just to make sure that it fell under budget. Do you think IOUs exist in Hollywood? Like when you're friends with people, not just that you've been like on the set with them before, but or you see something and you're like, "Hey, I'll be that. I'll be that one scene." Like Paul Rudd is in this. I completely forgot because I think we just see him getting pushed into the sinkhole by Kevin. Well, Hart, he he maybe. comes running. He comes running down the street with a giant bottle of wine, and he's just <laughs> and he's <laughs> screaming right. frantically. He's just like, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" This was right. still early Paul Rudd. Like he was still like he wasn't lo- universally loved. He was still awkward Paul Rudd with his like "I love you, man" movie, which we have to do on this podcast. Amazing, amazing. Movie. It'll happen. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he's definitely awkward in that. JJ, you talk about like demands on there. I saw Michael Sarah. I guess he didn't care, didn't read the script. The only thing he cared about was he wanted to wear his yellow jacket that he had in the movie. That's all he told Seth Rogen. As long as I can wear my jacket, I'll do whatever. And the Why? amount of things that they had him do, the character they made him portray himself was it was probably one of the best parts of this early movie. Just you, you want a lick? You want a little sip, sippy cup? 
And, oh. like, just the girls in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, and he's like so coked out that he's just direct eye contact, not breaking it. <laughs> I guess he asked I Rihanna too. I like, love it. Absolutely. I guess he asked uh, Rihanna too. Like, hey, can I like can I actually smack your ass when I do it? And she goes, yeah, as long as I can smack you back. And I guess they took so many takes that he had to like sit down because his head hurt because she <laughs> kept smacking the shit out of him. <laughs> But then we're, we're coming back. We've got the sinkhole where we see all of these famous, famous people that got five minutes of camera time die. So I don't know how they swung it with a lot of these people. Like, hey, I want you to be in my movie, but I'm going to kill you and you're going to hell. You're not even going up there in the blue beam. You're going to hell in my movie. Yeah, we're never going to see you again. But I think we're about to come to this. I think one of the best sequences here is the inventory. The yeah. 56 <laughs> beers, 12 waters quarter ounce sour diesel one like just them rolling through the ct crunch one milky way it's so <laughs> funny what they do with that you know the them talking about the one finger scoop of nutella and the 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 milky way just oh man how much did y'all enjoy it tell me about it they just scream like they wouldn't last i think it's craig robinson he has a little meltdown he's like we're not hard we act like we're hard but we're soft and they're like they <laughs> soft like baby shit. people first you know we <clears throat> just have to make it out one day and then we'll be good like they would not survive they, at all they're gonna come after clooney pitt me if there's room on the helicopter maybe you maybe like Maybe. he's so vain, <laughs> like just yeah. all about himself. <laughs> but no, that that the inventory scene, I just I love whoever decided like let's do this overhead shot and we're just gonna fly through this shit. And the majority of it is one hundred percent bad for you. Like I say, bad for you. It's not the healthiest shit ever. It was half drugs and alcohol. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I mean, even the food, it's like bacon, eggs, waffles. That's it. St steak, candy, and steak. Cereal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's a total, it's a single guy's house. Like they even make the joke, like really Franco, not even a toolbox, like, not like a bag, nothing, nowhere. And yeah, also like, don't have a pantry stock. Yeah. He, he's a famous actor. Like he is in a movie about weed. And he doesn't have a full pantry full of stoner snacks. Like we had a big party. Maybe they ate too most of them, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does say like <laughs> during the party, he's like, "Yeah, the earthquake's no problem. In and out truck will be here in ten minutes." Dude, that's a host. Uh, that is a um, host right there. <laughs> I think it's it's little moments like that that show the mindset of they are soft, right? Because they oh are yeah. Right, they're just they're they don't see the big picture, and I love how they highlight that in the movie because it's like they're making fun of it. Because in the real world, I mean, they got their fame later. None of these guys were child. Franco would be maybe the youngest, like he acted when he was young. But I think everyone else was a little bit older. Well, Seth like Rogen was a, lot a teenager. Seth, Seth Rogen was Seth in Rogen Freaks and Geeks with him. Yeah, and Jason oh, Segel. And there was, yeah. Yeah, there a lot of them were in that. Okay, so not child stars. They've been in Hollywood a bit, but they never really got like super famous until this wave that we're really seeing them in when this movie got released. So 
I feel like there's they're capable people but when he's like putting duct tape on the foundation crack after the earthquake it's just little things that i i chuckled at i appreciated you could well, go putting through up this canvas, movie they're putting up canvas photos to like block windows and shit like come on guys. well i think come on. i think in that point they're just trying to like block light from coming these guys like, are dummies i don't know well yeah i mean they don't want to see of outside let's just be real brian the 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 point you brought up about the toolbox. Craig says, "Like, don't you have a toolkit or something like that?" And like, Franco's just leaned against the kitchen counter. He's like, "I don't know. Look over so, there." It's like I didn't notice until this time. The only ones that help are Jay, Seth, and Craig. Uh, James, yeah. Franco, and Jonah, two that go to hell at the end of the movie. They don't actually help fortify, which I thought was interesting. How that oh. split was that helped them. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's I'm go to two. We got we got more to talk about. Y'all ready? I'm gonna, well, get this dick. <laughs> That's my dick. <laughs> Danny McBride, who crashed the party and fell asleep, wakes up first the following day and wastes much of the group's food and water due to his ignorance of the crisis. He disbelieves what the others tell him of the previous night's events until a, con until a man outside gets decapitated by an unseen creature. Tensions rise due to various conflicts, including Jay and Seth's growing estrangement and the other's skepticism of Jay's belief that the disaster might be the apocalypse predicted in the Book of Revelations. Emma Watson makes her way back to the James's house, only to flee with the group's remaining drinks after misinterpreting an overheard conversation. So this might have to be one of the greatest entrances we've seen of a character to a movie. Yes. Mm -hmm. the, the swagger that Danny McBride has. The... Just the confidence that he exudes, the just self-righteous. This guy is, I think Danny McBride might be one of the funniest individuals ever. He's so freaking amazing. The the butterfly or the, the bird over the food as it's panning over there. He's like throwing it like he's go. Oh, every ounce of this. I was locked in. I absolutely loved it. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. No. Not here, not today. No, I mean, I'm I'm honestly a huge Danny McBride fan, and this this is actually the one movie where you do dislike Danny McBride just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit, but you still love him because his comebacks. We'll get to the argument later, <laughs> but oh my god, like. The movie changed the moment he came in here. Like this is a great group without him. Don't get me like don't get me wrong. This isn't a great movie without him, but the moment he stepped into this equation, what he added was just unmatched. He is that asshole in the group that most of them don't like. One person stands up for him or they take turns standing up for him and they don't realize that they all hate him. It's everybody's got that person in the group. Everybody does. So do you think he actually made breakfast for everyone? Not intentionally. He was going to give them what he didn't finish. You notice how the mm -hmm. table was set up. It was all within reach of him. Yeah. <laughs> that was his hangover breakfast. And he had them. I mean, he was sitting there blowing O-rings in the bathtub. He was a little bit of munchies were rolling out there. I got to give the guy props, though, because if if I'm hungover, and even if I'm, like, partaking in another activity... The following morning, as soon as I wake up, I'm not cooking that much food. Fuck that. I'm going <laughs> I'm going out to eat. I'm paying somebody to cook it for me. 
that wasn't an option. Well, but I mean, know that though. He didn't know that. So well, he crashed a party he wasn't invited to. He was hooking up the fellas, you know, making sure they had something from their little slumber party they had down in the pit. Yeah, and that's another thing. Scarface you're style. all you're all sleeping in the living room, which is a dope ass concept going back to the 70s style of the in-floor couches. Mm-hmm. And then the in-floor TV coming up. Mm-hmm. Like that's badass. <laughs> I will say I do love that. I would love to. I would love to be able to like walk from the kitchen Which, and then just like kind of like whoop, jump down into right? the couch. <laughs> oh, I'd fill it full of balls. I had my own ball pit right there in my living room. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that me and the would dogs be just badass, like jumping yeah. in. Just, oh, I'd love that, man. I'd love it. Whole mattress area. That'd Ooh. be tight. But yeah, how do they anyway. not hear it? Because don't you have your like alert ears on? This is not just you went to bed and you're in a deep slumber. Like, this you is went still to the night after the a party. Yeah. This is still a night after a party. You were up late. You had some drugs in your system. A little bit. I don't of drink, think they're drank. hitting their rim cycle. Exactly. I think Jonah Meaning, hit that rim think, cycle. You know what I mean? Oh, whoa! <laughs> you telling me that James <laughs> Franco threw a party didn't suck any dick last night? <laughs> now I know you're lying. <laughs> that little back and forth with every single one of them. That was, that was great. Craig got probably got wild sweat all over the place. And Alyssa, yeah, this, this, go ahead. Talk about your time. So this was the first time I picked up on that, which is crazy. But I think shame. after I watched the movie a few times, I just watched it lightly while also doing other things. So you don't pick up on those little subtle comments. But I didn't realize Craig Robinson was a sweater. And mm-hmm. that he sweat a lot. And well, that so, he has his towel with him the whole time. But just the little comments that they make, I, I don't know. It it blew my mind. But then we've got our head soccer. You know, the guy that comes in and offers to, to titty fuck him. And uh, it's when Danny knows, oh, shit's real. Shit's real. So then we play head soccer. Like, this scene was so... Gross out factor was there, but you can't help but laugh. Like the just like all of them gross. Like Franco's got Ooh. blood all over his socks. Like God, I was cracking up during this. <laughs> I love it that it's like all like ew no ew no. And then they pick it up and it just dumps out. And they're like ah. <laughs> Put a blanket and just push it off to the corner. Like truly, as these incompetent six men would, just push it off to the corner. But I I love the addition to the. The video confessionals. I feel like, you know, it felt very reality TV to me. But what this brought to this little scenario with the guys, giving them a chance to just kind of riff by themselves. Like, James right. talking about Danny and, like, <laughs> I don't really like the guy. Didn't invite him to my party. And then he's just sitting there listening to the whole, like, oh, my God. It was so cringy, the door. but so great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love those. Those. I think that's another take on this movie that is absolutely amazing. It's like, how else can we make this like more douchey actor? It's like bring hey, back the confessionals. Yeah, bring back the real world confessionals. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is so true. There's like a diary room in a lot of those shows. Jersey Shore, Real World, Big Brother. It's 
but you also, as the movie goes, you see them start to lose it. <laughs> like what like they're doing. His mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to wait for it, but oh God. Craig yeah. Robinson's like martini glass. Now I've never had this, but damn, this is pretty good. <laughs> how many days were they lot? Like, I don't know. How much time do you think this like movie three, covered? Three, maybe four days. It did not seem like very long. And they don't yeah. really break it up into day or night, I don't think. I, I mean, you just see that. them sleep. I think they go to bed like three times is all we actually see. But this this couldn't have been a few days. Not at the point that they burned through all of that water. unless I mean, because they got rid of Danny soon after they found the water, you know. But we're jumping. Very we're jumping. True. Let's go to um, the next scene that dates the movie. Do you guys remember that, uh, that guy? What's what was his name? Sai? Open Gangnam Style. Oh yeah. <laughs> this fucking drug scene was so fun, but the fact that they plugged this song in that was so popular for months. <laughs> yeah, but I think it like I can't replace that song. Oh no. No. Like with, with everything that they have going on, all the trippy weird fucking shit that's happening during this scene, Danny McBride's mouth and eyes are all mouth and tongue like it's fucking hilarious the way it starts you know he's like we should do all the drugs and jay's like i don't know about that and he's like well you, you should have said that before you drink a whole cup full of ecstasy and yeah a whole can Bam. full of ecstasy and he like spits it out like i would have been pissed first off like what the fuck dude we got this limited movie drugs has a, it has a lot of like pump up moments Right. When he picks him up from the airport, that's kind of fun. Just they have the little, is it the Dre song in the beginning when they're smoking? Mm -hmm. No, it's an Backstreet mm -hmm. Boy song when they're smoking at the couch. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then you've got the party scene, which is, we're going to talk about the, God, I don't got no panties on. I don't got no panties on. That Take scene, loved on. it at the piano. Um, but then Danny McBride comes in. That's another boost. And then that seems to be the next boost that we're at. Yeah, Danny had Cypress Hill, I think. Yeah. Oh. But so, well, I thought we even get uh, MIA, Paper Planes. So the coolest thing I think about these guys, you saw too many great comedies come in and get ruined with sequels. I can't think of hardly any sequel comedies that are awesome or even hold up very well. And I, I remember at this time period, we were always, there was always speculation and rumors of Pineapple Express too. We so badly wanted Pineapple Express 2. And all in all, I'm upset that one wasn't made just for the nostalgia purposes of it. But the way they handled it here was freaking genius. They gave us the taste. Like, hey, this is what we would have done, but we're not going to do it because it's going to ruin and taint what we do. Like, these guys don't make sequels. I think Neighbors was really the only only movie that got a sequel out of this whole troupe. But mm -hmm. I, I yeah. loved the, the addition of Pineapple Express 2. Blood Red. So much fun. <laughs> Did they yeah. misspell Woody Harrelson's name? I don't remember. And do did they, they have beef with Woody Harrelson? I feel like they've made multiple stabs in a couple movies at Woody. And I don't I think, know if... I mean, I think they do. The different side of the, the stoner wall, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I, I loved that it was it was Woody Harrelson. Jonah Hill playing Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah, so okay. I actually, just I just had to look at it. They spare it like... Or they spell it. H A I R E L S O N. Hair. Oh, they're on drugs. Son. 
They're all oh, what do you yeah, it's probably more like they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though, like Franco, you know, he has his little moment with with the gun and with a few other things. Like I keep my props or one of my things from each movie. And he has the pants from Pineapple Express. Like those stoner the whole pants. Wardrobe. He has the, the whole, whole wardrobe. wardrobe. The band and then so does uh so does Rogan. He's got like and his Danny McBride too small He's... jacket. <laughs> And then the bag, oh. that green and yellow bag, like they, yeah, they were like to the gills and all of their old stuff. It was crazy accurate how fun that was. They actually yeah, take was... uh, Craig Robinson's character. They put a pair of jeans over him because he was wearing that jean vest <laughs> in Pineapple Express. They just off. tied a pair of jeans around him. <laughs> I just saw it. That's amazing. Anyway, never noticed that before. Yeah, the detail that they put into that is absolutely amazing. So next up, uh, last little bit in this section is Emma Watson. So she was coming, it was the end of Harry Potter. She was now a free agent, going to be signing with Disney, with Beauty and the Beast. And she comes into the comedy world. And I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I think the best part of her in this movie was honestly Danny McBride's lines. He was so just enamored with talking to her about the Harry Potter movies. I will say, like... She was, it was definitely a shock seeing her as a, like having this big of a role, like seeing her at the party, hanging out with everybody else. Yeah, that, I was fine with that. But then when she comes crashing through the door again, like, holy shit. Like, I was like, yes, I'm here for it because always get the special place. She's Emma Watson. Yep. She, mm -hmm. gets, she gets that wand moving if that's what you, if you know what I mean, you know? Whoa, Expecto and it's Patronum. comments like that. Whoa, <laughs> that got her gone out of that place. <laughs> so, JJ, I don't know if you saw this, and I stumbled across this, but Mila Kunis was actually supposed to play that role originally. I uh, but see that, and I don't like that as much, but I could I think she would have been so much funnier. She is so funny, but again, I think it played so well with it being Hermione. I feel like, I feel like. The British accent really added ten times to life is like a box of chocolates. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it was shitty. But no, I mean, just just her coming out like with the axe, like ready to kill everybody. Like if it were Mila Kunis doing that, if I wouldn't it... be as as threatened. I don't think. Oh really? Personally, no. Like I was just like. Huh. Well, she's got those big eyes. She looks like a deer coming at you, you know? It's not that scary. Yeah. Well, she's an independent person. But no, I think they they did a good thing with Emma Watson because, I mean, she is who she is. Like, she is Hermione, right? So like you said, this is her breaking out of that. And when you go from Hermione to Beauty and the Beast, mm, that kind of puts you in line right with staying in the same character roles so this was a way for her to break out but also not do anything that was like bad i guess brian shared a few of the um what were they uncut scenes or scenes that just didn't mm -hmm. make it and yeah it looked like she drew a line at some of the shenanigans yeah i guess she walked off one of the last days because the cannibalism scene was a little much a little more than she realized what she signed up for 
Uh, I saw an interview. Seth Rogen cleared it up and said it was no big deal between the two of them. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like her scene in this, I feel like that would have been hard to sell to somebody. Hey, we're going to bring you in for the small portion, but you're going to end up leaving because we're going to talk. Like, it was just a... Like, this movie could never be redone just because of this scene alone. Like, just this little bit with her just... I like Danny McBride's comment though too. Like, yeah, Jay just was really worried about it because he was he knew he was about two seconds away from being house bitch himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Danny's I mean just... <laughs> Danny Powers is like one hundred percent honest during this whole thing. Just and I character. I actually just noticed like she has the axe, she's got them all basically like kind of standoffish and then she like hits the head off of the dick statue. And that's when everybody's like, you can take whatever you want. <laughs> like, packing it up for <laughs> Oh, man. Stop. ready for yes. three? Yeah. Craig tries to obtain water from James's cellar, only to find the doors locked. Outside, he encounters an unknown being, caused him to believe Jay's theory. Jay and Seth dig through the floor and see the water, but Danny wastes most of it out of spite, and the others kick him out of the house. Danny reveals that Jay was in town two months prior, but stayed in a hotel instead of with Seth due to their strained friendship. That night, Jonah prays for Jay to die and is possessed by a demon. While Craig and Jay head to the neighbor's house to scavenge for supplies, Seth and James get attacked by the possessed Jonah. Jay and Craig return for and help subdue Jonah, trying, tying him to the bed. During an exorcism attempt, Jay and Seth fight and knock over a candle, starting a fire that engulfs Jonah in the house and forces the others outside. So we're at the point now where they draw straws. Of course, Craig loses. He has to go get the water. I don't know what the hell they thought they were going to be doing with this damn extension cord, but freaking ridiculous. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the only thing you have. You might as well. So, right, but JJ... they're like not reassuring at all to him. They're like, if I if I yank it, you're going to pull. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I scream, do the best you we pull. Can. Let's test it out. <laughs> that test like that. was the like funniest that. Let's go. <laughs> I was honestly shocked, though, out of all the things that they <laughs> reacted to, right, or didn't do, they were willing to chip through concrete for water. I... With a baseball bat. <laughs> a baseball bat and the, and the wheelbase the of, a of a rolly chair, yeah. I, it's just not, we're not picking. But not believable to me. I think that would have taken way longer. Oh, 100%. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, they did get a pretty good-sized hole in no time. And this open ups, opens up for what I will say is the greatest, greatest rant. We've seen some great rants here at Too Much Movie Night, including the Christmas Vacation rant of 1986. But this this rant by Danny McBride, this back and forth about jerking off, has to be my favorite my thing. I favorite. remember being like gasping for air the first time I heard. Yes, this. favorite so. part in the movie, and oh my god, dropping loads! I like love it. Dump truck. <laughs> I'll just I'll just shoot your dick off, and it's like you don't have enough bullets, bitch. <laughs> I fucking love that. An especially explosive ejaculate. I just hold on and pray to God it doesn't go in your eyes or mouth. Like, how? Do, where do these guys think? I saw something that was like eighty percent of this movie, or like sixty percent of this movie was like improv. But these guys, I could just imagine them going back and forth. There's a point where, like, honestly, I watched Seth Rogen's face through most of this scene, just because yeah. you can see him like just. <sighs> <laughs> 
where are you guys coming up with this? And then also like fighting to break scene so much. It's I this is I brilliant. love it. I love that the like initial part is like he's like you built a fucking house with iPads in the walls, and yet you're jerking off like a fucking pilgrim. <laughs> Coming to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. <laughs> All while he has his like t-shirt turban on his head, which <laughs> yeah. just—I love it. I love it. He's selfish and reckless, and just—he is a guard dog. Right. He is all bark and bite, but there is not moments of pulling back. And I know you said earlier, JJ, like there's a little bit of you that hates him. There's also something about him that makes me just want to cheer on the villain side. And I, I always side with the good. I very rarely side with the villain, but there's something about him that it just makes you. Is it because he does and says all the things that might be intrusive or just weird little thoughts that you have? And you're like, shit. Well, so it's, I, I think it's just Danny McBride and the, the characters that he portrays, Kenny Powers, which I think I said Danny Powers earlier. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I liked it. He has to fight to get back in. Like Danny Powers, all of his characters always, Danny McBride, fuck, I did it again. Always <laughs> come, like go in in a deficit and then bring themselves out and then come out on top. Every single movie that he's in, pretty much. So is being a cannibal and having a, a little bitch he's, on a leash, is that coming out he's on top winning. of you? <laughs> Hell yeah, he's coming. Like he He's took, running the Netherlands. He got, he got voted out, and now he is head honcho. He comes out, they show those like expensive-ass Jordans that he's just like strutting around in, and he has tanning yeah. tape. Yum. It's... It's that. It's his jokes. The, yeah, the Tate Yum, the Colin Frank, you pr- pretentious nerd, you know, like the amount yeah. of things. You deplete it. Like, oh, nerd. I can't say it like that. But like the, it's what he says. It's how he says it. Just the shit, the analogies, the descriptive. It's so creative for being nothing but crass. I, oh, we got to get off the, the Danny McBride pedestal. I don't know. But I mean, like, seriously, though, when was the last time you called somebody a nerd? <laughs> And actually meant it as an insult. Well, Steve does all the time. When I'm quoting this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. So we have the water at this point. We're celebrating with our martini glasses, clinking them and drinking the water. And Danny McBride is finding himself getting kicked out of the house. Are you kicking a guy out over water? I think this guy. It's over his petty dumping. Tom Petty. Yeah, I forget he does just dump all the water out. He will take everyone down with him. Like, those people are scary, reckless, right? That they have no empathy or just sense of compassion or reflection about how they make people feel. And that, yeah, it makes a great character to watch. But to actually be around, oh, I'm kicking you off day one. The tribe has spoken. Yeah. Kaboot. Mm-hmm. More of Yellow Jackets land. Oh my! You know what that you means. Are evicted from the Big Brother house. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the water, the whole water scene happens. Danny gets kicked out, but at this point, this is when the the fight happens. Jay ends up punching Jonah, and Jonah, he's he's a, he's a good soul. He doesn't go fight back. 
he gets God to fight his battle. So he goes and prays to God <laughs> in the most, the weirdest prayer you've ever heard anybody come up with. Like, I just need you to kill Jay. <laughs> I, I love that he does. Like, he opens it up and he's like, he's like, dear God, it's, it's America's sweetheart, Jonah Hill, Jay Bone, Jay Baby. Like, he names off all these dumb-ass <laughs> nicknames. Oh, oh, I love it, though. But you're right. He's praying to God so innocently. Right? He, like, he I'm even... doing a good thing for my friend by praying to kill off his friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But the yeah, fact he's that on... he's, like, he's, he's like, he's like, this is Academy Award nominee, Jonah. Like, As he drops God... that to the Lord. As if God so, has a speed dial and Jonah Hill is one of his, like, top priority <laughs> pickers. You know, like, just so yeah, well, self-righteous. Exactly. But it's one thing when we talk about the guys going back and forth and making these snide but kind of realistic or, or true comments at each other. He's doing this to himself. Right? So if he didn't want to do that or say that about himself, like, like what you said, JJ, just kind of being a little jerk. Or just being a, like, hey, God, it's me. You know, like, you are elite or you're better than the rest. So uh, is it a little bit of him, like, poking at that, too, that people think well, he I, is Well, I think, way? I mean, he he is the only – James Franco might be the second, like, runner-up on here. But Jonah Hill is the only one that actually has, like, a serious role in a movie, like – yeah, I saw an interview with Jay, kind of him talking about how like he likes Jonah now, but he kind of he said that this movie was kind of therapeutic for some of the guys because they were able to get out some of this aggression that yeah. they had. Like Seth Rogen had to remind him several times, "Hey guys, we're we're all having fun. We're friends here, remember?" Um, but like, hey, you got to understand. Like, I'm sure you kind of get into it. You're just gonna go back and forth, and then it turns into I'm sure competition between these guys. Can I one up them with another joke and? Yeah, because like I mean, Jay did a like in Jay did an interview with uh, Larry King, and he was just like he asked him about it. He was like, "Did you have any conflicts with anybody on the set of this movie?" And he was like, "Yeah, me and Jonah Hill did not in any way, shape, or form get along at all. Like I hated him." Mm, And now, even on this movie, that he still mm -hmm. hated him when they were filming. No, particularly this movie, he was like there was a lot of tension on set because. We would crack those jokes at each other, but he was like, I meant it. And I'm sure he probably did, too. You're not shaking too. that off. Well, and Jay Garrishaw, yeah. evidently he came out saying he didn't really want to do this movie. He thought it was dumb, didn't think it was going to do well, and just didn't wow. want to be a part of it. Despite him being essentially the main character. But like, it's it's interesting how that rolls out. Just a little, little trouble in paradise with these guys. Maybe that's kind of why we saw them all separate soon after this. Uh, but I mean... The, they decided to go get food. They separate again. Now, let me ask you a question. We're all drawing matches. I'm looking for that burnt one. JJ, you're the last one to draw your match. You have to go get food. Are you pulling a Seth Rogen, or do you have that honor where you're going to go no matter if it's a suicide mission or not? I'm going. Yeah, I mean... Because I'm going to pull a Rogen. <laughs> I, I, I always get fucking pissed off at this part, and... It makes me dislike Seth Rogen. Every time I see it, like I just dislike him even more. It's like, man, I really hated you in Sausage Party, but I hate Ooh. you even more now. 
and then I watch it again, and I hate you. Now, would I be a J and say, why do we need to go back? Right. If I'm J, like if I'm if I'm J, yeah, like if I'm the odd man out of the the group of six, five six people, like if I'm the one that everybody is like awkward to. Yeah, I'm not fucking coming back. Like, I'll gladly go get food, guys. I'm gonna go and find that I'm, sewer. Moving with Emma Watson. Yeah, I'm <laughs> gonna go. We're gonna eat beans until Rats. we run out of beans. So Jonah is dead. He catches on fire. He goes flying out the house. Now it's time to escape. The whole house is on fire. First off, no. Why does who the fuck keeps food in their like bathroom cupboards. Brian, that's gross. It's my bathroom. Okay. There's a chip clip, okay? No bugs are getting in. I don't see the argument here. Oh, Wait, my. are you being 100% serious? It's processed cheese. It doesn't have to be refrigerated. <laughs> what's Shut wrong the with fuck little... up. What are you eating in the bathroom? Okay, what's wrong with little cheese and crackers while you're sitting on the john? You know, you're sitting there, you're oh. a little bored. I'm trying to reduce screen time. So I need to entertain myself. A little cheese and crackers. Maybe I've got some preserves <laughs> up there. Maybe a little um, tapenade from time to time. Who knows? I get a little hungry. Some Ritz, some club crackers, <laughs> some of those little oyster crackers from time to time. Maybe a Triscuit, a wheat thin here. But, like, it's a big cabinet. I have my own bathroom. That's what we're here for. We really criticizing me for this? <laughs> I can't. I cannot tell if you're joking or not because this is the same guy that I would drive to your house an hour and a half from mine when y'all lived in LBK. And... We would be posted up playing zombies, and you were like, hey, I gotta go take a shit real quick. And you wouldn't go upstairs to your bathroom. You would go to the little bathroom by the front door and shit with the door open while still playing zombies through the mirror. Well, what the folks at home don't realize, yes, there was two mirrors in that bathroom on either wall. So if I looked ahead in one mirror, it would ricochet off the other mirror, out the door, down into the living room. And I could see the TV from said bathroom looking straight. JJ and I did make eye contact, and I had his six. <laughs> I don't see the did, problem. We, we did not make eye contact, but it was still... So, <laughs> look, you can't pause online gaming, JJ. I don't know, like, solutions. We were playing problems, online. I got solutions. We were playing local. I hit pause and you got up and you were like, no, you don't have to pause it. Shit with the door open. <laughs> oh, boy. which I think we got sidetracked here. <laughs> we did get sidetracked, but I don't understand. Like, so you eat fast. Like every meal we've ever had together, you fucking chow down as fast as you can. You go take a shower and it's like five minutes done. Like, don't need to worry about it, but you're going to tell me that you're going to take a shit, and in that meantime, you're going to fucking sit there with, like, Ritz crackers and the fucking cheese Whiz. And <laughs> I may not always be shitting. Maybe I'm just sitting on the toilet because I need a little alone time. I've got two dogs that like to crawl up my ass, and they love the snack, so maybe they know not to go in the bathroom when I'm in there. So, you know, I've got a little snack time by myself. Maybe it's my little shame snacker poos when Alyssa like judges me for eating a whole sleeve of Hawaiian rolls. Don't call rolls, him you know? a snacker poo. <laughs> That's fucked up. It's weird. I don't like it. Oh I can't. My God. Like, <laughs> I don't we're know. We're going what's to weird. four. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go down a rabbit we're hole. We're gonna go to four. 
James is just driving to his house in Malibu, but finds his car guarded by a demon. Craig voluntarily sacrifices himself to help the others get into the car and is raptured into heaven. The others realize that they can save themselves by performing selfless acts. On the way to Malibu, the three encounter cannibals led by Danny and his sex slave, Channing Tatum. James volunteers to sacrifice himself, and a blue beam that begins to pull him to heaven appears. However, James taunts and insults Danny, causing the beam to vanish, and for Danny and the others cannibals to eat him alive while Seth and Jay escape it. It encounters Satan, who attempts to eat them. After Jay apologizes to Seth and his wrongdoings, a blue beam strikes and causes him to ascend to heaven without Seth. Jay grabs Seth's hand as he heads up, but his presence prevents them from ascending into heaven. Seth forces Jay to leave him behind, after which another blue beam appears around Seth and inadvertently castrates Satan. In heaven, Seth and Jay are reunited with Craig, who tells them that any wish comes true there, and Jay wishes for the Backstreet Boys, the band to perform everybody as everyone dances. This is where I guess the movie, like, I wouldn't say that there is a slow movie moment in the movie where you dip off, but I think, I, I, I think really it like speeds up, like shit just goes crazy as soon as they kick Danny out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like it Which just really... it kind of goes really fast at that point. Which I really appreciate because I think a lot of issue with comedies is the first 30, 45 minutes, maybe the first hour are great. It's freaking gold. But then mm-hmm. it tails off horribly. Either the storyline wasn't put together or the jokes just come to a screeching halt or it's rushed or all, maybe all the jokes were in the trailer. So like there's really nothing funny. But this movie is on the gas pedal the entire freaking time. We're getting these constant lines. And the way we're about to close this movie up, I thought it was great. It was fast. It was quick. And it was done perfectly. So, you know, Craig's going to heaven. He's he's being raptured because he goes to save himself. And, you know, he gets his big sweaty towel swinging up there in the air. And then they're driving. And I enjoyed this scene in the Prius. They're like, Seth, that was a great idea. Look at you just being all great. <laughs> got a great smile yeah. and a great laugh. And they're just like... Yeah, brown nosing the shit out of everything. <laughs> this this post-apocalyptic, like, Mad Max-style shit, like, it's so fitting. I loved it. He's got this crown of skull and jaws that barely fits and is <laughs> almost falling off. And I think it just speaks to how nasty we see Danny McBride. Like, he's been out on his own for, what, a few hours? it seems like, and he's already taken over this gang of cannibals. He's got a pimped-out ride. He's got a right. gimped-out ride. He's, he's got still just... wearing the tuxedo, but now he's trimmed it into shorts and Larry the Cable Guy cut off. Well, right. Now he's got to like be You've eaten a whole face? Like, what are you yeah. doing out there? This is what makes you think that he lives for this. Like, he is vile in these characters that he plays, and he just he would do better in a hell like environment versus a heaven. He's a champion. And right before we run into he and his cannibal crew, Craig Robinson makes that that first sacrifice. Right, so he is the first of the group to get taken to heaven. And do you think that's when they really kick the ass kissing into gear, or not just that, but realizing we need to do more? You have to actually yeah, I think it was their- make a sacrifice. That affirmation of like, 
okay, yes, if we do this, we still can be saved. We're not just stuck here on Earth still, like, we, if we make sure this happens. And I, I think that's what Craig was doing. He's like, look, I'm either going to die out here or I'm going to give this a shot and maybe I can still be raptured. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that's all that was on their mind, trying to figure out what good deeds could they still do. You know, where's that old lady I can walk across the street? I think, I, I think they did a great job with Craig being the first one to, like, ascend of the group. Like, mm-hmm. Craig deserved it more than anybody, I think. 100%. 100%. He, he, he went out into the wild twice and came back, like, good for him. And I enjoyed seeing Franco. Not only did he not get to go, but it was that fun of like, ha, he thinks he's going to go. And then, nope, he's being petty. <laughs> but Tom, Thomas Petty. The gimp scene, though. So I, I saw an interview or uh, this thing with Channing Tatum. I guess he said, he's like, yeah, evidently, I'm not really sure when Seth emailed me. I might have been drunk the night he sent it to me, but I just kind of agreed to it. So as we got there, this is what happened. But I was like, all right, it's got to be a double. Like when the mask is on and he's like ass up in the air, spread cheeks. Nope, that's all Channing Tatum. That's all like, He was yeah. having so much fun with this. Clearly, like gave no shits. Like the whole hand climbing up his leg, grabbing his dick. And Danny's like, get off, get off. Like fucking just so funny just the imagery of watching that happen was i, <laughs> yeah, it I love it i, I love he just lifted his mask up he's like hey guys hey guys <laughs> but i mean it's also the concept of like whenever they were originally going to the party jay and seth pull up and he's like yeah channing tatum lives just down the road it's like this is the most <laughs> yeah the sexiest street in america right here like Obviously, Channing Tatum didn't make it that far if he's now somebody's bitch. Well, our, our fellows, they, they're saved. You know, they, they have that moment where Jay gets to be saved. He gets holding Seth. Seth realizes, no, I can't hold you back anymore. I've got to let go. And then the Whitney hits. I thought that was... That moment hit so freaking hard for me the first time oh. I saw this movie. I thought it was mm-hmm. a perfect. I mean, it, it helped too, not helped, but you know, she passed right around this time of the movie, so that was, I guess, a big influence in the movie. Evidently, they had a a joke too, saying that yeah, I smoked crack with Whitney Houston, but they, they cut the joke because it was distasteful, evidently. Which really, they held back. Perfect. Yeah, the use of music in this movie cannot be understated. Oh, enough. so good. So I will never forget when, what? Okay, watching this movie is one particular time. I was graduating from college, and so my sister had my family had come into town, and my family was at the hotel. My sister spent the night at our place, and she's like she mid high school, mm, late high school. Yeah. Yeah, about mid-high school, you know, just just at that phase where you can tell by the look on her face that she's disgusted with you or that she does not want to be there. And then also freaking love her and her witty mouth, too. That's the positive. But this is what makes it funny is we turn on this movie. We're like, eh, just a casual movie. We're not really doing anything. She had never seen it before. So she's watching this like real time. And and she's like. I can't believe this movie. I can't believe we're watching this. And then this scene comes on. 
the devil's dick. And when the dick falls, she's like, that's it. I'm going to bed. And she gets up and she like grabs her shit and storms off and goes to bed. <laughs> and it was just every single time I see this scene, I picture my sister at that age, like having a moment like, this is disgusting. And if I saw this movie at her age, I'd probably be like, that's so stupid and ridiculous too. But I, it was just, it was hilarious. It made it even better. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Time. <laughs> so folks, if you've made it this far, this is everyone's favorite section of the podcast, the Too Much Slice Meter. This is where we take these movies, we break them down into this very complex scientific, uh, we won't bore you with the details. It's, it's very smart people stuff here. But we figure out, is this a great movie night movie? The way we do that is we put it on a zero to eight slice scale, a zero slice movie being uh, living in an apocalyptic world, having your head cut off and then, you know, inserted a, a demon behind you. And an eight slice movie is going to be uh, dancing with your buddies in uh, heaven to the Backstreet Boys on your Segway. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? Word. And since uh, I vote that I love this movie the most, I'm going to start it off. Do it. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yes. Pull up your sleeves, everybody. This one's going to... It's me deep dish pizza right here. <clears throat> so this is, as I've said, one of the greatest comedies of all time, I believe. Uh, just just the, the, the amount I've seen, I've seen eras from the early days of the um, Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd era, moving into the SNL crew of um, Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and all those guys. We moved into Will Ferrell and his troupe. But this is mine. This is these are the guys that I think of when I think of comedy movies that I grew up with. Uh, the Super Bads, The Pineapple Expresses, The This Is the End, uh, The Interview. If you really have to, you know, like these movies, these guys, they're freaking amazing. And I really don't think there's a lot to take away from it. This is nonstop hilarity. Danny McBride proves that he is one of the funniest people in Hollywood, probably on this on this planet. I loved it from start to finish. The dynamic you see, just the simplicity of it, the soundtrack, uh, even the cinematography, if you will. Uh, that breakfast scene, just the way the camera moved over difference. It was so much fun. I love this movie. And holy bejeebers, is this... No, it's not my first. This will be my second perfect movie. I am giving This Is The End eight slices. This is what I think of when I think of a movie night movie. This is what I want. Who's following that up? Damn. <sighs> Solid wow. eight. Alyssa, would you like to go or would you like me to go? I have no problem going next. If you, <sighs> I want you to be the cream in the Oreo tonight. So you be hey, I will gladly be the penis in hey. between us. <laughs> okay, that got weird. <laughs> just didn't have a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just wait. What's that yeah, score, no, JJ? Brian, you you pretty much like just nailed this. This is the all-star of all-star cast for our generation. Like this is definitely a generational movie. I mean, everybody does enjoy Seth Rogen movies, Danny McBride movies. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to laugh at them. But I feel like this is our comedy group. This is who we grew up with whenever we 
were finally able to understand crude like humor and stuff like that. It was the Seth Rogans. It was it was the super bads. It was anything like that. Pineapple Express. We all grew up with those. We laughed, and we continue. So having everybody in this movie. And just the hilarity and everything that goes on with it. I, I love it. And it is. It is a dope-ass movie night movie. I will watch it. If I see it on there and I don't have anything else to watch, I'm turning this on. If I do have something else that I want to watch, like, you know what? I'll probably wait till my fiancé falls asleep and then I'm going to go ahead and turn this on. Because it just cracks me up and I laugh the entire time. Oh my god, it just makes me giggle. I've got it on in the background right now, and I'm trying not to laugh at this scene. But is it perfect? No. I don't think it's a perfect, perfect movie night movie, but seven slices, 100%. We got seven slices from JJ. Alyssa, what you got for us? Wow. Well. Thank you. Um... Gosh, okay. Do, 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 do. You can cut this. I need to get my thoughts together. Did my dad text you or did you text him? <gasps> no, I forgot. I'll text him. Okay. So, <clears throat> I I don't want to just regurgitate what all of you or what both of you just said, but I agree with both. Um, Brian, I think it is an amazing movie and I thank you for going through all of those little comedy crews like that because I was sitting here trying to think of other ones that kind of paved the way before this crew walked in but I think for every person what they grow up with from like those teen adolescent years into your early 20s those are those things that you revert back to right like your Saturday you're cleaning what's your playlist going to be it might be going back to that it just takes you back to different kind of different time of life, different stressors. So I associate this movie with a little bit of that for me personally and this crew. Um, I was talking, I was thinking this over before about what score I was going to give. And I think that this comedy, it, it just reflects the kind of humor. I love a good raunchy, take it too far, push the limits kind of comedy. And I think I've been, some of my day professionally is more serious and invested. And so it's nice to have something that is just like ridiculous, absurd that you can just laugh to. And every time I watch this movie, there is something new to appreciate. So what seals it for me and what almost makes me want to give this an A, and as I say this, I'm still debating it, it's the chemistry. You can't recreate it. Re recreate it. A lot of this, like you said, is impromptu or loosely written, and they just roll with it. And that is something that it's just you could only get it with this crew. So I said, JJ, you can be the middle, but now I'm going to be the middle, and I'm going to lock this in with a seven and a half right. because this is this might be a movie that the hundredth episode I go back and change and make an eight because it's great there's no slow parts it's it's yeah i could go I'm, on about it forever so i'm gonna stop <laughs> she can't i mean yeah this is th this is definitely one that it can only go up if there's any change it's only going up mm -hmm. oh 
Wow. Such a great So with movie. my eight, JJ seven, and Alyssa seven and a half comes out to an average of seven point five. And um, that is... folks, we have a new number one here. Uh, oh, the Dark Knight oh. has held the number one position since episode seven. But here, tonight on Too Much Movie Nights, episode 60, This is the End, takes the cake at 7.5. Uh, Dark Knight and Bridesmaids come in just below it at 7.33. And the movie 7 is a 7.13 before our myriad of seven scored movies. But uh, our new top movie at Too Much Movie Night, everybody, congrats to This is the mm. End. It's fitting. I mean... Everybody just rocking their body for this. Everybody, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we already get out of here. Open Gangnam Style. <laughs> oh, sorry, we're, we're we're not leaving to that. <laughs> oh, but everybody, we can't thank you enough for stopping by, hanging out. Like, subscribe, and share, please, on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify got to make sure all your friends know about how great this podcast is and if you want us to pick your movie head on to patreon too much movie night let us know what movie you want us to pick y'all got anything any closing remarks rock your body right i love that i want to watch this movie again all right